This last week, the shooting in Connecticut captured a lot of our attention, and, uh, and for good reason. It's not something that we can ignore. It's kind of another wake-up call for us as a country. And, um, and I, the thing that has been on my heart about it is really that it shows more and more, uh, we're going to keep seeing things like this happen in our country, and it shows people's need for Jesus. I mean, we can talk about gun control, we can talk about, you know, how people need to, you know, take this or that action with governments. Or, it's not about governmental change, it's about um, change in our neighborhoods, and it's about change that we are bringing about in our own lives with our own families. It's about listening to the Lord, and when He directs you to go speak with somebody, um, being His person. And, and I think we need to be praying for all those... Um, all the people that live right in that area, because, man, can you imagine being in a room like this when you know some of those kids and some of those families? I mean, let's just pray for them. Um, Lord, our hearts go out to um, brothers and sisters, families, um, aunts and uncles and friends and neighbors um, of these kids, six years old, seven years old, that their lives were taken. Um, And, Lord, these teachers and administrators, Lord, would you... um, Comfort and carry um, those families, those churches, those communities through this. Uh, Lord, may they, um, rather than run from you, may they run to you for hope and for truth. Uh, And Lord, somehow um, motivate us as people, motivate us as a country to seek you. Um, Because Lord, without you, we, we, we go towards darkness and violence and sin. We run at breakneck speed from your presence. Um, Lord, draw us back. Thanks, Jesus. Amen. Wow. So uh, last week we talked a lot about spiritual disciplines, and we had uh, many of you got to chime in on that a little bit over this next few minutes. Just one little nugget on that. Remember, it's not about disciplines. It's about Jesus. It's about spending time with him. Those are ways that we spend time with Him. Kind of like going to the gym is not a, an end, it's a means, right? You don't just go to the gym because it's fun, right? Well, most of us do not do that, right? But, but just like that, the spiritual disciplines are a way of spending time with the Lord. And, and I liked what you said, Mike. I mean, it's time to pare back. It's not time to add a bunch of stuff. And, and that thing about, um, you know, breaking one thing off to make room for another, usually I have to take something out of my life and dig it out to make room for a good habit. You know what I mean? So, um, so don't think of the spiritual disciplines as like ladders that are going to climb you up to heaven. Think rather about these are tools that people throughout the ages have used to grow closer to Jesus. And we need to learn from them. We're going to talk about one of those today that is, I think, my favorite, which is um, noticing God just noticing him. And I feel like it's a gift that he gives to us that we get to see him in action. And it's a gift that we get to give back to him when we notice him and we say, look, thank you. I I honor you. I worship you. Look, I saw you, God, in action. And you know what's interesting? Especially Christmas time is when, I just love Christmas. How many of you love Christmas? I mean, I come in, I see the trees and the lights, and I'm like, yes, right? I mean, if I had my way, I would leave my house like this all the time, and people would think I was nuts, but I love this. But isn't it interesting, and I think it's on purpose, 
that this season is the busiest of our whole year. And when we should be the most focused on Jesus and his birth and his advent and the change that he brings on planet earth, we get distracted by 150 other things that keep our attention away from him. So of all the times of the year when we should be noticing him the most, it seems like it's almost the hardest. So I want to share a scripture about noticing or not noticing God that I found in the Old Testament that is really interesting to me. And then I want to share just some thoughts, some things that I've been learning about noticing him. And then let's end up on Christmas, because Christmas is just cool, right? Christ Mass, we get to celebrate him. So Genesis 28, if you have a Bible, turn it to Genesis 28. If you don't have a Bible, these are really good, I highly recommend them. Genesis 28, some of you know the story of Jacob and Esau. Jacob is fleeing from his brother after the whole birthright uh, fiasco, right? So he is a scoundrel, he's running, he's running for his life, he's alone, he's out in a field in the middle of the night, he grabs a rock for a pillow, comfortable, and lays down, and then he has a dream. And he meets with the Lord for the first time in his life in a personal way. And the dream is really fascinating. Remember Jacob's ladder? It's a stairway to heaven. And not the song, but what we have is angels ascending and descending. In other words, God's activity happening on planet Earth. The Lord is at the top and he says, Jacob, I'm going to bless you. In fact, I'm going to give you all that land that's around you and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to make you a blessing. Your people, your lineage is going to be a blessing to who? To all peoples. What does that mean? Anyone? Anyone really smart? What does it mean? Yeah, but how? Through the Messiah. Jesus would come as a great, 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 great grandson, right? And that's what he's talking about. And so he's saying that you are going to be a blessing. You, this, this is the guy who's like thinking, I'm a scoundrel. My life's over. Like, God just snuffed me out. In the middle of the night, God meets with him, blesses him, sees the promise of who his life's supposed to be, and that the Messiah, the blessing for all mankind, is going to come through this guy. And he sees this, this, just this change in his life, this blessing, this encounter with the Lord. And then verse 16, Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. But notice what's next. And I wasn't aware of it. That's, that's my life, you guys. I mean, I, I just go through life, and then afterwards, sometimes I'm like, you know, I think the Lord was in that. And then sometimes I don't even notice it, and then I, later on I say, Lord, thanks for all the things that you did this week that I didn't even notice. Because he is at work all around us, and sometimes we just are clueless people. Verse 17, he was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. And early the next morning, he took the stone and he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on it and he called the place Bethel, meaning God's house. And he made a vow and he said, the Lord will be my God. And he said, of all you give me, I will give you a tenth. I think it's interesting that before the law was ever given, before tithing was ever established, he met with God and he said, God, you're going to bless me and I'm going to give back. Because it's right, because it's honoring to the Lord, and it shows, it shows the order of things, that we don't own anything. Everything we have is from His, from Him. 
This is Jacob's first encounter with God. And notice God wanted to be known. God is not a God who plays hide and seek and makes it really hard for us to find him. He wanted to lift Jacob up, not crush him and condemn him. And he also showed him this pattern of the angels going up and down that God is active. He's present. He's close. And, and this was a brush with the supernatural. Brushes with the supernatural are really common. I was, I was reading a, a book this last week called Encounter, or, uh, Noticing God by Richard Peace, and it, it has some statistics of how common it is for people to have supernatural experiences. And, and it's interesting, I think, that in the evangelical church, we have some of the greatest doubters on the planet. That we, the Jesus people, should be going, Jesus is supernatural, our relationship with him should be supernatural, I can converse with him, I can spend time with him, he can change me, and yet some of us are skeptics of like, you know, I don't know if you can really hear his voice, I don't know if he does that anymore. It's really strange. I think it's kind of ironic. And yet, for the rest of the world, they're saying, yeah, supernatural things happen. Brushes with God are not uncommon. God is often working in the details or in a conversation or guiding us. And I feel like even now that that pathway to heaven is an accurate picture. And it helps me to just picture angels going up and down and and this picture of the Lord saying, I'm going to bless you. So in this book... Um, Richard Peace, and I, I like it. I just picked it up last week, and I, I do like it. Um, let me read you, read you a quote. I've come to believe that God is present in our world. In fact, God's presence pervades our world. He's not in hiding. The problem is us. We don't know where to look or what to expect. We don't even seem to notice. We need to learn to notice. We need to learn to engage in what I've called the spiritual discipline of noticing God. And he, he goes on, and, and this is, I think this is really helpful because it's not about us. We could make it about us and we could say, I'm really spiritual. Look, look how you know, holy I am. He says, no, the prime mover in God encounters is God. At best, we, the best we can do is put ourselves in those places where we can listen and engage in those practices that enable us to notice him. But mostly it's God, Right? So I remember there was a song uh, that Jason Wade did with Lifehouse, and he just said, I, can, I just want to be where you are. I, wanna, I can almost hear you breathing, and whether you speak or not, that's not the point. I just want to be available. I want to be around where God is. Throughout history, noticing God has been called many different things. And I want to put a couple of those up there. The habitual presence of God. Practicing his presence. Brother Lawrence, that's a great book to read, by the way. A conversational relationship with God, Willard called it. Listening to the God who speaks. A deep sense of the immediacy of his spirit. The inner witness of the spirit, Wesley called it. Living before the face of God from Luther. That's a great picture. And every moment has to do with, li- with the living God from Calvin. So throughout history, people have said... What's it going to be like to notice God's activity in my life? This is not a new idea. This is a very old idea. We live in this weird place where God is very distant, and yet God lives in us. And so we live in this funny tension in the middle, and, and I, it draws me back to the place of Christ in my life because he's the mediator. Without him, I've got nothing. Jesus is our way of communicating with the Father, 
who could be very, very distant. But because he's our mediator, he, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so that constant reminder, I think that tension is on purpose in our spiritual lives that it doesn't come easy. It's not just, I just accepted the Lord and now everything is peachy and I'm just in the Holy Spirit jacuzzi all the time. That's not how it works. Because we need a savior. We need a mediator. We need a great high priest who goes before the Father on our behalf all the time. Amen? That's the role of Jesus. And at Christmas, man, we got we to gotta come back to this. Here are some simple ways that we can notice God. We can feel empowered by Him. He gives us spiritual gifts, and we see Him doing stuff in our lives, and we go, wow, that wasn't me. We can long for Him. Sometimes don't you feel like you don't belong here? I remember my, my wife saying, man, this whole like doing the doing the laundry, vacuuming, dishes, taking kids to school, like, I'm so sick of normal life. Like, I don't belong here. We're citizens of another kingdom. We're citizens of heaven. And so there there should be a dissonance in us where we feel like there's something else, right? Reading and contemplating Scripture is a way that we can notice Him. The Word is living and active. Sometimes we brush with God, we feel His presence. Some people have smelled roses like some people have been like god was near right um whenever there have been deep meetings with god some people would say that there's a residual you know sense afterwards calvary used to meet in this old building on via Colinas, this old warehouse and it turned into a furniture consignment store you might think this is weird but people that that worked there heard choirs and they felt peace like in a furniture consignment store. And they're like, what is that? And I was like, well, that's people over, over decades worshiping God. And there's like this sense that something good happened there. And you can have that sense if, like I went over to a, a Catholic church one time for, a, for a, um, um, a funeral and it was depressing and horrible. I don't know if you've been to, you know, sometimes they just, it's a dirge. But we went into the, the prayer room right next to it, this little um, this little uh, chapel, and you could feel the presence of the Lord there. People have been meeting with the Lord in there for decades, and you just knew it, and it was humbling, and it was like, wow, otherworldly. God speaks to me through nature. I mean, if I get out in the ocean or on the beach or on a mountain, I'm like, thank you, Lord, and he just shows me stuff. Um, The inner voice, you know, sometimes you just feel his guidance. Sometimes through dreams, that's, you know... Jacob had that dream. Many of us have had that. Sometimes through worship. I, I used to hate worship. I used to come to the, you know, I used to come a half hour late to church because I was not into that whole thing. But God just grabbed my heart. And when I was in my late 20s, he just grabbed me and turned my heart upside down for worship. And I just love to sing and enjoy him and tell him thanks. And it, that has changed me. And it's a way that I meet with him. Sometimes relationships are a way. Serving. Sometimes you get to the end of yourself and you're trying to help somebody in need and he makes up the difference and you get to meet with him and notice his work in your life. Now, noticing God is easy for some of us and really hard, right? Some of you are sitting there and you're like, man, that does not come easy for me. And just notice that about yourself. And that's a good place to start. God wants to start with you where you are because you might look at some of us and go, man, those guys are so spiritual, they got that easy. And you're just saying, man, it does not come that easy for me. 
Just bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, how can I notice you? I want to notice you. He will honor that desire in your heart. He wants to be noticed. Think about it in your relationship with your spouse or a friend. They want you to notice them. That's the same thing with God. I really feel like noticing God starts with expecting to notice Him, hoping to notice Him, desiring to notice Him. It's slowing our mind down a little bit, slowing our spirit down a little bit so that we can see Him. So this time, um, this time of the year at Christmas, I want to challenge all of us, and myself included, to notice the tree, the life that it symbolizes, the light that Jesus is the light of the world that came, the little Christ child. I, I've had an interesting week this week. Um, I went and I, I picked up a friend in a really gaudy neighborhood with horrible lights. I mean, they did not do the lights very well in this neighborhood. just kind of bugs me when people don't do the lights on their home well. And there was this little, there was this little inflatable nativity scene out in front that was kind of tacky. But it was interesting how the Lord drew my attention right in there, and it was just Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And it was this little inflatable thing. It didn't have, like the, it didn't have snow going around. But it was just this little thing. And, and it was interesting how the Lord grabbed my attention and said, just think about what, what I came to do. Think about me coming into normal life from heaven into obscurity. And just worship me. And I was able to worship the Lord in that moment in a gaudy neighborhood with this inflatable thing. Here's another embarrassing one. I, I went and bought a new mattress because, this, you know, I, we need it with my back thing going on. And um, I was in there in the mattress store and I'm signing papers, whatever. And this, this song comes on and it was the um, Breath of Heaven, Amy Grant. I don't like Amy Grant. I've always had a real problem with Amy Grant, and really, I mean, I just was too cool for Amy, and then, and then this song comes on, and I'm listening to the lyrics, and it's like, you know, um, I, I wrote it down, be with me now, be with me now, hold me together, be forever near me, pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. I was crying in the mattress store. And it's Amy Grant. That's really should not be happening. <laughs> but it was happening because I want to notice God at work. I want him to speak to my heart. I want him to show me what life's about. I don't want to walk around in my brain. I want to, I want to function out of my heart and my spirit and say, Lord, what are you doing? He wanted to teach me about the brush of God that, that Mary was experiencing. That she was saying, Lord help. Lord, be real. Lord, carry me through this. Yes, may it be done to me as you've said. What a hero Mary is. And God just broke my heart as I was listening to that annoying Amy Grant song. <laughs> I'm really trying to pay attention to the Lord and, and see him in all things. In the doctor's office, Stacy and I were in there and Part of the reason why this thing is happening with my back, I think, is that God's putting me in different places with different people who can minister to us and we can minister to them. I met a doctor who's a Jew from Iran, 
And, and I said, what time, you know, when did you leave? He said, when he was 14 years old. And I said, wow, what, what would it be like if you were there now? And he said, I'd be dead. Wow. And we just got to hang out with him and get to know him a little bit and embrace him and his staff, talk a little bit about Christmas, talk a little bit about their faith. And God just, I'm just noticing that God is at work all around us. He wants us to see him. He wants us to learn from him all the time. And it's not like just an hour a week on Sunday. It's not just when I'm doing my quiet time. He's at work in people's lives. He wants to show up in in the trees that are blowing in the wind. He wants to show us when the fog comes over the mountain, look how powerful I am. He didn't have to make it this beautiful for us, but he did. He didn't have to give us great friends, but he did. He wants us to be thankful and grateful and to notice him in all of those things. But just like the holiness, the supremacy of Jesus in heaven coming into the ordinary of Bethlehem, that's how it is in our lives. He wants us to see him in the ordinary. I think Bethlehem is a picture of always. I think Bethlehem is a picture of the heart of God, that out of the perfection and the holiness and the power, the forever, the eternity, he comes into nothing. He comes into my life. He comes into my heart, and he fills me up. And he says, look, I love you that much. I believe in you that much. I want to be with you all the time. I want you to notice me. I want you to see my activity around you because I love you so much. Look at what I'm doing around you. Just notice. Just notice. But when Jesus came into Bethlehem, the people that noticed him were the people that wanted to seek that treasure. A lot of people missed it. A lot of people missed the point. Herod missed the point. A lot of other people missed the point, right? But some people noticed him. Some people honored him. Some people valued him. And those became his children. Those who were willing to see him in the ordinary. So here's our application now that we've talked about noticing God. This week and all the way up till Christmas, Make it your desire, make it your goal to notice him every day, several times a day. I even made a little note on my phone, noticing God. And so during the day, if I notice him, I go to my little notes thing, and I go like, I heard this song, or I saw this sight, or I talked with this person. And then I sh- I've been sharing those things with my wife. So I want to give you that as an assignment, as an application Over this next two weeks, will you notice him? Because he's worth it. He's so worth it.